Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. This show is a collaboration between five women and spirit or universe, all brought to you by www.mindbodyspiritu.com. That's the letter U. There are weekly shows on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, two Wednesdays a month at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and two Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, covering topics about all things healing, spiritual, metaphysical, and we even throw in a bit of science. Many of our shows include time for you to ask for assistance on your journey, and you will be able to experience some amazing healing modalities and receive guidance authentic spiritual guidance right here right now many are aware of the quickly changing perspectives about our mind bodies and spirits and that's exactly what we are here to discuss so please join us in the spiral of life and together we will learn grow and heal Now let's get started with today's show. Hi and welcome everybody to Mind, Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight I am thrilled to welcome uh, Lois Wetzel. And hi Lois. Hi. How are you? Great and I'm really happy to be here with you tonight. Yeah, thank you. We had a minute to connect beforehand, and it was a joy. So I'm sure our listeners will enjoy our talk tonight about, um, well, I kind of want to say all things spiritual, right? We're going to let the path unfold, but I know that you do path life readings, you do energy medicine. Um, I'm really interested in... The this is another word I can mess up. The Akashic records. Did uh-huh. I did I get that one right? The, Akashic. We'll say Akashic and Akashic. So I don't know which one's right. Okay, good. <laughs> that makes it easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to start off by having my guests uh, tell us some about you know a little bit or a lot because I anything I'm fascinated and I'm sure the listeners are too about your story of. Becoming who you are today, uh, how did you um, come into learning all these shamanic and past life and energy medicine, <laughs> all these interesting topics? Will you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. I um, I was very spiritual as a child, very psychic, and shut it down because it freaked everybody out. Mm-hmm. And went from being to go to a fundamentalist church to not going to church, refusing, not going at all, um, and then into agnosticism. And um, a- 
after I married in my early 20s and I had put him through the last half of undergraduate and all the way through law school, I found myself having everything I had thought that I wanted, a nice house, a tall, handsome husband who was in good shape, you know, Mm -hmm. proud to be on his arm, uh, two beautiful children, um, and I was in the junior league, which meant I'd been really accepted in town, and this is in Galveston, and I was running my own business, restoring commercial properties. I had a master's degree in fine arts, which is you know, the terminal degree in in that field, and um, something was wrong, and I didn't know what it was. It's like I had this longing for something that I I couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, it's like this pain, this inner pain, and I did not know what was missing. But I've been reading strange things. Um, I had a tendency to read a lot of science um, because I wanted to understand the nature of reality. I wanted to get to the bottom of it, and that was the only way that I could identify this longing. I needed to understand the nature of reality. What was, what, what was really this experience? What was life? What was the earth? And so I was uh, reading um, The Dancing Wooly Masters right when it came out by Gary Zukav, which is about quantum physics and mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I had some major, major ahas while reading that book. And I can remember there were times when I went, oh, well, if that's true, then reincarnation is true. And I'd always kind of hoped that it was. So the day after my youngest child went off to kindergarten, I had, um, I wandered the Strand, which is where all the old historic buildings are, where one of my buildings that I'd restored and leased out was located. And I'd go down there and take the pulse of this, you know, business, what was going on by visiting different shops. And I walked into a shop that day, the day that, my youngest started kindergarten, and I no longer had babies at home in the daytime. Um, and there was a, it was right next door to the coffee bean store, which I've been in a million times, but this is a funky, weird little shop. And there was a sign on the door that said, it was a Tuesday, and it said, tarot readings on Tuesdays. And I thought, well, I've never had a tarot reading. I'm going to go in there and do what this is about. So I went in, and there were all these, like, dolls made out of, rags and stuff, mm-hmm. sculptures in a way of wizards and things, and I thought, God, this is bizarre. And I was a little bit uncomfortable, but still fascinated, and the lady in, had a card, some lady had a card table in the back of the shop, and she did a reading for me, and you know, all I remember about that reading was she said, it's time for you to do your spiritual work, and I said, well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means, and she said, well, you've been doing it a little bit by reading, but now it's time to actually do something. Uh-huh. And I said, well, again, what does that mean? And she said, well, I don't know for you. It's different for everybody. But I don't think it means to go to church next Sunday. Watch for a sign. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm not sure what all that means. But the next Sunday I open the newspaper, and there is a four-page spread on metaphysical schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I didn't go to church next Sunday because I didn't go to church. I didn't like, you know, the kinds of things I'd learned at church when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So I I took that as a sign because the next Sunday there was this spread about metaphysical school. So I picked one and started attending, and one thing led to another. And I found out I was really good at tarot readings, even though I didn't really want to do them. People kept begging me because 
I was telling them stuff that didn't make sense to me, but they were going, oh, my God, how could you know that? And I'm thinking, well, what did I just say? I don't understand the meaning. So that's always been consistent. You know, if I do a tarot reading, I don't know what it means, but they do. I mean, some of it I know what it means, but a lot of it is just, you know, makes sense to them and not me, which protects their privacy. And so one thing led to another, discovered I was good at dream interpretation, and I wound up becoming initiated into Reiki a couple of years later, and then a couple of years after that, Reiki Master, and then my marriage fell apart because he was extremely, violently, viciously, uh, I'm not talking physical violence, but emotional violence, Uh opposed to all of this stuff. And somewhere in those years, I had a dream. I mean, I learned a lot from the metaphysical school, no doubt about it. But I learned a lot from reading because they opened the doors to books that I needed to be reading. And um, I had a dream one night in which the who the person I took to be the Archangel Gabriel gave me a book. And I asked my spiritual teachers about it. And um, they said, well, that's Jesus. And I thought, that's funny. I thought it was Gabriel. It turns out that's who it was. These two teachers didn't know each other, though, and they both said this was the Akashic Records. Mm -hmm. And they were very impressed that this luminous being had given me the Akashic Records. So I just thought that meant I was going to get some past life readings. And so I did. But then after my divorce and I moved from Galveston back to Austin, um, took my kids with me, uh, went to massage school because I learned how to follow guidance. And when the phone book kept falling open to massage schools, I thought, oh, this is uh, this is guidance. So I went to massage school, and uh, you know I was already a Reiki master, and just you know one thing led to another. But I had to give up a lot to walk this path because my ex-husband, who I'd put through law school, then took all that knowledge and power, and I'd stayed home with my kids for 12 years. He took all that knowledge and power and just kept all the money to punish me. So uh-huh. it was hard. Uh-huh. It was very hard. But that's how I started walking this path. Mm-hmm. And so just to start there, but I'm probably going to go backwards also, but with the idea of you separating from your husband, um, not being really financially supported in any way, you started into the healing modalities as your profession? I started doing massage therapy. Uh-huh. And I was also, because I was a Reiki master, I noticed every time I touched people, that energy came on. Right. And so people were guided to me frequently who had um, serious life-threatening illnesses, and then they'd come back and say, wow, somehow something happened on your table, and the doctor can't find my irregular heartbeat anymore. Mm-hmm. And I felt something happen in my heart on your table. I'd go, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And just sort of go, hmm, wonder what that's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I began taking, um, I, I studied shamanism with Sandra Ingerman, who at the time was the educational director of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and I learned how to do soul retrievals. And when I had read her book, that she had just written that book when I took the class, when I read her book, um, Soul Retrieval is the name of that first book, I went, oh, my God, that's what I came to Earth to do, heal souls. Uh-huh. And um, you can tell 
when you hit on something that you're supposed to be doing by how excited you get and if you get the chills, you know, on your skin, all over your body, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I knew. So I went and studied, you know, basic shamanism, soul retrieval, and disease extraction from Sandra Ingerman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's how I began to add one modality after another. Right, right. And when I was in the massage room, you know, I did massages for a long time before I moved on into, about 13 years before I moved into just exclusively energy medicine. Um, I would close my eyes when I was working because then I could see inside the body and what needed working on uh, with which muscles. And then I found out later that shamans believe that there are eyeballs in the palm of your hand and that you can see through the palms of your hands if you close your eyes. And that's what I was doing without realizing that's why I could see inside the bodies. Um, But, and I just thought everybody was doing that. But I also noticed in the room were these golden beings about the same size as humans. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, God, that's weird. I have a vivid imagination, don't I? Because that's what my mom said when I was little. Oh, you just have the most vivid imagination. You are living in a dream world. Well, it turns out I was actually seeing stuff that was really real. I mean, it was really there. Um, But nobody believed in that sort of thing back in the 50s when I was growing up. Right. 50s and 60s. So um, I realized that that I kept seeing them and they were doing stuff and sometimes they'd stand behind me and extend their arms down through my arms and out my hands and work on the people. Yeah. Reach down inside their bodies. And I thought, isn't that interesting that I'm imagining such a thing? And then I assumed that they were the Reiki masters in spirit because I knew they did sometimes show up when people do Reiki. Uh-huh. And um, so one day, though, I picked up a book in a bookstore, a metaphysical bookstore, a big one by Barbara Brennan. You've probably seen it yourself, called Hands of Light. Yeah, it's right next to my bed. And <laughs> I opened the book and started flipping through all the gorgeous color plates. Mm. My gosh, that was the most amazing thing because I could see someone had done illustrations of auras, and when there's something dirty coming out of a Right. You know, mm-hmm. chakra when they're being worked, when the person's being worked on. I thought, wow, I thought I was imagining that. And then I got to the page where there were golden light beings in the room, and uh-huh. the same size and shape as humans. And I went, oh my gosh, I didn't make that up. Yeah. Somebody else is seeing it. Mm-hmm. So then many years later, when all of a sudden one day new light beings showed up and they didn't look anything like the old ones, I'm like not blowing it off saying, man, you're making that up. You know, I wondered who they were, and they answered me inside my head. And from that, gradually came Adena Energy Medicine, which I'm now teaching to people all over the world and is being practiced all over the world. I've actually written a book that's available on Kindle called Adena Energy Medicine from the Stars. Let's talk a little bit more about that. In <laughs> First, while I'm thinking of it, the um, give your website for Adina, or do you just want to send everybody to Hot Pink Lotus? Well, my biggest website, the one I created first, was Hot Pink Lotus, L-O-T-U-S, and it has links to the Adina website. But if you are curious, if you're feeling excited when you hear me talk about Adina, and you want to just go there, that is called Adina E D I N A. Adina Healing Temple dot com. 
And let me say what ADENA stands for. Please. An acronym like NASA or USA. Uh ADENA stands for Energy Dynamics for the Integration of Natural Attributes. Mm. Yeah, and trust me, I could not have made that up. Right, right, right. (laughs) They gave me, I knew their name, and many years later after they left while I was learning a new system and then came back and said, we want to want you to apply some of the structure of what you learned, you know, how to organize techniques in a, in a flow chart, that sort of thing, um, into Adena, and they started dictating to me. came to me for the very first time in t- March, between March and April, mid-March to mid-April of 2007, and started telling me things, and I'm going, oh, that's interesting, and finally one of them says, write it down, Lois, and I'm going, okay. <laughs> the five of them, I knew they were called the Ankanash, and they're from Sirius B, but they kept saying Edina, uh-huh. Edina, Edina, and I finally wrote it down, and I said, but that's not your name, and they said, energy dynamics for the integration of natural attributes, and I went, oh, but they wouldn't say that till I wrote it down. And what this form of energy medicine is for is working on the light body directly. Uh Because a lot of people think, you know, what's in your body radiates energy out into your aura. No, 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 no. It's the other way around. Uh If you work on the light body, it then translates into healing in the physical body. And one of the things we do in Adena uh, is these are bits and pieces of an ancient healing system that's been lost. And I'm supposed to bring them back into a cohesive whole. Mm-hmm. And many of the bits have been spread around to different locations culturally on this planet. And some of the techniques are preserved in a medical Qigong, mm-hmm. which is an off, or, which is something that evolved from Chinese shamanism. Every Indigenous culture has always had shamans, and in the olden days, the Chinese had them. The Siberian shamans are some of the most interesting, and they still exist in Russia. Um, African shamans, American Indian shamans, and and they have very similar um, ways of doing things from one culture to another. Um, But one of the techniques is drawing down the light, which is from medical qigong and then there are some shamanic techniques which we use and but in drawing down the light and some of these techniques that Ankanash have given me which don't exist anywhere anymore but in drawing down the light we also open a vortex in the floor which then goes down into the earth and carries away what medical qigong calls pathogenic energies but it's kind of like waste products. or And then in the earth, it's transformed into um, nutrients for the light bodies of plants and trees and so on. Um, but, uh, yeah, we draw down light into the light body, release pathogenic energies, and then it translates into physical healing. And we work on the aura, the chakras, but primarily basic adena just works on the physical body. Right, right. Um, oh, and when we open the portal, there's a, a technique to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, it requires an initiation or the Ankadash don't hear you. When you open the portal, they come into the room and work with you. Mm-hmm. And they're working in the expanded realm all the way out to what they call the 12th density. They don't like the word dimension. They say density ex- ex- expresses it more accurately. 
So do you, I know you teach this, and I hear that you were given the teaching, right, when the the being showed up for you. Uh, Can anyone learn it? Of course. Anyone can learn it who's interested in learning it. Um, In the book that I have recently put on Kindle, Mm -hmm. I tell you how to initiate another person so that if you and a friend want to do it, you can, mm-hmm. or you can get in touch with me or any of my instructors who are listed on the website to be initiated remotely by one of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, anyone can do it. The The only thing that gets in anybody's way in doing Dina is the inability to trust that you are hearing, seeing, feeling what you think you are. Uh-huh. Because the Ankanash come into the room, there are five of them, and the practitioner makes six. Uh-huh. And they arrange themselves around the table, very similar to an abbreviated form of the Tree of Life. In other words, if I'm standing at the head of the table, one of them will be at the foot and two on either side. Mm-hmm. And they present as tall, skinny, blue beams of light. At least that's how I see them most of the time. Um, and they are blue beams because people from Sirius regardless of whether they evolved from one type of animal or another into the light beings that they are, they're they're blue, to the best of my knowledge at any rate. Um, But, yeah, anybody can do it. And they come in the room and they tell you what to do next. Right, right. And then if you don't trust what you're hearing, you can use a pendulum or muscle testing as you move through the chart, Mm -hmm. asking, do I need to do this next or that next? And that that whole thing of, uh, you know, we muscle test ourselves, but I learned in body talk they muscle test, sort of muscle test the client as they move through a chart, and that's one of the things they wanted me to learn from the body talk system. And the other one was to be on the forum and find out that I was a gifted healer because I didn't have any clue mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think? Okay, this is interesting to me. <laughs> So I've been studying energy medicine for years, whether it be just through reading, also through coursework, um, personal mentor here locally that mm, she was trained in many different ways, but with Hawaiian shamans. So I have like, you know, I just go where I'm called, okay? And a lot of people that listened to my original, because I just moved over to uh, Blog Talk Radio, my original podcast, In the Flow of Tracy, was the idea of learning about all these different things and kind of helping people figure out which way to go because there are so many. I'm Reiki attuned. I'm not a master. Uh, There's so many different modalities. So... Every day there are new ones. Right. It used to be easy because Reiki's the only one that was around back in 86 when I got initiated. Which is really great news that yeah. all the spiritual energy is here for us, right? And that lots of people are getting, <laughs> not to use this term because I'm thinking of the funny video about silly things uh, spiritual girls say. I said silly instead of the swear word. But... Um, Getting downloads. One annoyed me a bunch. What? That video annoyed me a bunch. Uh, I don't I, know why. It made me laugh. But okay. the download thing, right? Mm-hmm. So lots of people are getting downloads. Yep. For real. Yeah. And they're sharing it like you are. 
Um, so, and I, or this is me personally, listeners, um, <laughs> I get attracted to all of it. It's like I have like um, shiny objects, you know, like, ooh, look at that, ooh, you know, and I want to learn, 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 learn. And then I think, well, Tracy, is that really the right way to go? I have a a healing guide, a very high light being that has come to me. Um, he teaches me things. He helps me in sessions. And at the same time, I, I want to continue to learn. So how do you have any advice for us? people that may feel a little bit slightly overwhelmed by how much there is and how we decide, well, this resonates, should we just go for it and just keep on trying everything? Well, here's what I would say. You study what you are excited about and what you're drawn to study. And for you, that might be everything that comes down the pike because you're supposed to write a book about this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I want to say that, that there is, there is nothing I can tell any individual about how to make a decision other than trust your own guidance. Uh-huh. Because I've had people come to me after they've studied Adina and say, you know, I'm really drawn to go study matrix energetics. And I'm saying, you know, I read that book and I've done two point on a lot of people uh, and it works, so uh-huh. go for it. Uh-huh. And so they go study it. I would never tell anyone, I don't know of any of those modalities that I don't trust. I think some are more powerful than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that some, when they're in the infancy, can be polluted by the dark, which is why I had to protect Adina so carefully the first couple of years, but they're telling me it's it's nice and big and strong now and I don't have to do that anymore. Uh-huh. But trust your guides. Each and every one of us has guides, and we have a higher self and go into a meditation and decide which ones, you know, you want to study. And I think, I consider myself a shaman, first and foremost, and the more tricks a shaman has in their bag to call upon, the more effective a healer they are, as long as they're not doing it too fast and getting confused. I would say that if it's a very, very expensive form of uh, energy medicine that you're going to learn about, um... I guess I have a problem with things that are just extraordinarily expensive. I don't think a class, um, an energy medicine class that lasts two days should be a thousand dollars. Yeah, I really don't. No, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I teach two day classes and they cost I think somewhere around three fifty. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think a thousand dollars for and, and I, I don't think anybody should pay seven or ten thousand dollars to become an instructor. Right, I just don't. Uh huh. Yep. Because who's that making wealthy? I mean, follow the money. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have a right to make a living. Absolutely. But anyway, fairness, etc. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm the same way, and I I concern. I would say the best way for me to explain it in in our human language, <laughs> which can be limited at best is for me, when I see those, you know, $8,000 programs or this, that, and the other thing, I always get that hint of ego. And Red well, flag for me. What? That's a big red flag for me. Exactly. It's that expensive. Right. Because for, for me, it's like, oh, ego is playing a big role here. Oh. And one of my teachers has taught me 
that, you know, ego knows, loves nothing more than becoming, like, looking spiritual, you know? And I just, yeah, I just, I do shy away from uh, big expensive programs or wherever I sense that. Yeah, that, like the ones that if you pay me eight or $10,000, I'll make you an avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a freaking break. I don't know if I've seen that exact you one. You cannot but... purchase a spiritual uh, title. Exactly. You just can't. Exactly. You have to work for it. Right, 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 yep. Um, and I do, I, want, I think that I, well, I wanted to go back just for a second, but I definitely want to talk about the past life and the Akashic Records and how you work with that, how you teach that. But before we do that, when you were telling your intro story, you mentioned that you could tell people things, whether it be by looking at the um, tarot deck or, and they'd be like, how do you know that, right? So do you consider yourself psychic? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I consider that everyone's psychic. Uh-huh. And the longer you lift weights, the bigger your muscles get. Right, right. So I've got big psychic muscles. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And obviously, because you can see, right? Yeah. Um, when I flip that switch on, uh-huh. I'm very careful to walk around through the day with that switch flipped off because I don't want to see that two-year-old boy with the demon on his back. Right. I don't want to see that. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't want to look inside someone's liver as I'm walking past them in the grocery store. Right. So I, I turn it off. Do you have... Lucky that I can. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's what many of us that hold us back is that fear of we wouldn't be able to. And so many people that are drawn to healing modalities are exceptionally sensitive, empathetic Mm-hmm. humans anyway and so we already just walk around feeling a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and the idea of seeing it also is like oh boy <laughs> I know honestly yeah I think I might have just recognized something on a deeper level about myself yeah so you say and I'm not saying you need to share it with us but do you have sort of because like when I go into a session and if I'm going to be talking with as like a coach or or sometimes healing in the sense of laying on a table and hands, right? I kind of have my little ritual, so to speak, of how I connect. And, and so is it like that for you? So you do, your switch is sort of the disconnect switch? Is my question making sense? How do you do it? <laughs> how, how, do I, how do I connect and then disconnect? Yeah, how do you walk around not connected? Well, I've come to realize lately that uh, I've not been very good about that disconnect thing. Uh-huh. Um, and it can drain us. Well, let me phrase it. Let me talk about it the way that I talk about it. I'm not sure connect and disconnect enter into my definition. But okay, let me, that's fine. Let me yep. say that when someone gets on my table, well, I, I make them talk to me for a little while before they get on the table so I understand what's going on with them. I don't make them, but I... Right, right, right. Them. You offer. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to them for a while. I don't make them, but <laughs> I right. think I'm making them. Um, so they talk to me for a while, and we kind of connect like that. If they're in person, and if I'm working on people remotely, I have them, have them do it via email, uh-huh. and I need a picture where uh-huh. I can see people's eyes. I prefer that. Uh-huh. I always require that with occasion records readings, but not with uh, healing so much. 
Um, and but say somebody's in person, and I I don't think about connecting or disconnecting at all. I uh, when they lie on the table, I will put one hand on their right shoulder, which their head's always to my left. Uh-huh. That's how I work on people on the right side of the body. Uh-huh. I learned that in body talk, so I just always do it that way. Uh-huh. Um, and I do some muscle testing to see if they what they want to what their body wants me to work on. Uh-huh. What modality? If I'm to start with body talk or start with Adina or Reiki or Psyche or any of the modalities that I commonly use, and then I proceed. Um, and when this session is over, that's when I've been, uh, let's say, fallen down on my job of taking care of myself. Because what I really need to do is when the session is over is go wash my hands all the way up to the elbow so I don't pick up these, I'm going to call them, for lack of a better phrase, pathogenic energies that people release. Uh-huh. They don't talk about those in a lot of these healing modalities. And... You can pick them up because I have. Uh-huh. I've picked up a lot of them over the 20 years I've been doing energy medicine in person, from Reiki, massage, all the way up to what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the symptom that I first started having it, that I first started having was cramping feet, and nobody could figure out what it was. Well, there are these little chakras in the bottoms of your feet that should be draining. Um, these pathogenic energies out, but I live in the city and I don't walk on the earth very often. Uh-huh. So I just got really impacted with this stuff, and um, I, you know, had some negative results from that. So now I'm working on clearing all that out of me. So I'm a person like I, I think I said in the beginning, who takes care of other people and not myself. So now I'm focusing on taking care of myself, and uh, so at the end of each session, I light sage um mm-hmm. open a window mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm sorry i don't care anymore if other people think that's weird or if they don't like it uh-huh. the neighbors think i'm smoking pot i don't care <laughs> right a lot of people smell sage and think it's marijuana which is kind of weird but yeah. anyway my my few clients i'm still seeing in person most of it i now do remotely because i don't pick up as much energy that way uh-huh. as that they're releasing they love it as it turns out they love the earthiness of the smudge, right? You know, the sage or sweetgrass or whatever I'm using, and I, I burn beeswax candle, beeswax candles because they remove and next toxins, emotional and special oh. emotional toxins, from the environment. And so now I'm I'm getting cleaned, uh-huh. and I'm taking care of myself. And there's a lot more to it than that, but right. that's what I feel like talking about right now. And so I want to say, you know, energy medicine practitioners need need to do these things they mm-hmm. need to if you're in an office building and can't use sage then get some tinctures and play the tinctures that's that's how they clear negative energies out of a tibetan temple right and, or get some beeswax little bitty you know tea lights uh-huh. light those in a place where they're you know they yep. don't have any smell right light them someplace where you can clear energies um yeah so. I'm going to thank you, and I'm thinking about a friend of mine who this has just been something that's been coming up for her, too. That uh, So I'm going to be sure to recommend what you've recommended and also ask her or 
offer that she listened to this show. So thank you for that. Yeah. Okay, let's dive into past lives for a little while. <laughs> past lives. Well, um, the first time I did a reading for somebody else after I'd gotten that book and then from Gabriel and then wound up divorced and moving to Austin, I was doing massage, my Reiki massage on someone that a local chiropractor had sent me. And um, he just spontaneously said, Lois, can you do past life readings? And I'm thinking, what is this guy doing asking me that? And at the same moment, I went, yeah, I know how to do them. I just uh-huh. had downloaded it. Uh-huh. And I went, yeah, actually I do. Uh-huh. And so I did one spontaneously for him, put my hands on the occipital region. Now, how I know, knew to do that, I don't know. Um unless maybe William David had said past lives are stored in the occiput. But anyway, I put those chakras in the palms of my hands. I put those on the occipital region, which is the back of your head, just above your spine. Right. And um, then I put a couple of symbols that I already knew into the back of his head, kept my eyes closed, told him to close his eyes, and watched for... um, the past life to show up and what I saw was that he was I knew that he was going through a really difficult divorce from a woman who had a seven year old son that was not his child but he had raised from a baby and he was just crushed that she was leaving and taking that little boy and she was telling him that she didn't think that they needed to stay in touch because you know her mother was saying don't confuse the kid that's not even his daddy so I saw that in Egypt during, uh, it was like the first kingdom, mm-hmm. the oldest part of ancient Egypt, that oldest time, he was in charge of a group of slaves. He was a slave master, so he was not a slave himself. And he was male, uh, and he kind of fell in love with the same woman he's married to in this lifetime. Uh, his name was Bruce, and let's call her Jenny. Um and she became pregnant. He knew it was going to be bad news for both of them when that uh, pregnancy began to show, so he arranged for her to um, escape. And then so in the escape, she got killed, and, of course, the baby died too, and he was injured in very similar ways to why he had come to see me because he'd fallen off a roof while doing some work on a roof. Mm-hmm. And in understanding all that, and that she had tried to leave and couldn't, and that she needed to do that in this lifetime, because she'd never stood on her own two feet in this lifetime or or in very many others, for that matter. She'd always been with a husband or a father, uh-huh. or her father. Mm-hmm. And um, that she needed to go stand on her own two feet, but that he and the child needed to stay in touch, because, again, that was the baby that was killed in that lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it all made a lot of sense for him. It made the divorce much easier for him to handle. And when he told her about it, it made her realize that he um, did need to stay in touch with the little boy and made her trust her instincts. Uh-huh. She would had the instinct to do that. So that was the first time I ever did a past life reading. And, of course, some other things have come along. I have channeled a um, mandala that helps people, if they look at it, it helps them become better and better. The more they focus on an open-eye meditation on this mandala Uh will help people um, do past life readings. Uh And I teach that class. I teach all these classes, as a matter of fact, online 
for self-study at home because uh-huh. that's easier than coming to one of those webinar-type things uh-huh. because you can do it whenever you're ready, when you feel like it. You can go through the material. So. Yeah, I like that. And I, I know that all our technology has some downfalls, yeah. but it also has such an important place for this knowledge, and I like when people offer things at a distance because I'm still a family gal. You know, my kids aren't old enough for me just to go wander and do every single thing I want to do. So I appreciate that you offer that online. So in, again, I'm going to ask that question. So do you feel like everyone could do this, read past lives? I do. Okay. I feel everyone can can do past life readings Uh Uh if they if they can visualize, uh-huh. uh, that's the way I do it is through visualization. Now there are some people who do it auditorily. They hear, you know, guardians of the record speaking in their ears. I can hear some of that too. I think the ability to visualize, which is enhanced by doing guided visual meditations, right. uh, but the ability to visualize is. Um, I think an important skill. And some people just know the past life. I mean, they'll just get it downloaded, boom, and they can tell you what happened. And they don't they don't necessarily see pictures or hear words. Right, right, right. So, um, you, But you see sort of like a, a movie kind of? I do. I uh-huh. see a movie, and if I, if I narrate it, it, the movie moves on. And if I don't narrate it, it just stays with the still picture. That's cool. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. So... Uh, myself, I am fascinated with past life and karma and know some of my past life issues, I'm just going to say, and mm-hmm. things that come up in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know from listening to you on, oh, I think it was Daria's show, I think, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I found you somewhere else, too. I just, like, Googled your name and listened to another show, but I can't think. I think it was a man interviewing you. Uh, so I know that you have had experience with people healing in, oh, instantaneously. Let's just go there. After they know their past life thing. And you also have had experience the other way where it takes longer, right? Or it's more of a challenge, whatever the right human words are for this. Ah, so I'm in a place where I am feeling a little bit frustrated. Like, okay, I see it, I know it, I'm healing it. <laughs> I, I've i been to healers. I've sat in meditation with my own guides and healed. You know what I mean? And it still seems to keep cropping up on me. So I'm just using me as an example. But that doesn't mean I expect you to solve anything for me. I just mean when these things happen in people's lives, what is your explanation or even suggestions or anything like that? Well, are you doing past life regressions? Is that what you're telling me? Um, I don't know if we would say it. I don't. No, I wouldn't say that I've officially done that. No. So have you had past life readings or just yes. spontaneous? Okay. Yeah. You had readings. And kind of spontaneous, yeah, with healers. Okay, they come up spontaneously in the process of doing a session. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. 
Well, and still the issues are not resolved? Correct. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it. It's okay. Yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm saying it unfortunately, like, correct, like, for me. <laughs> Here's what my experience has been. Uh-huh. Okay. Say you have a recurring issue. Uh-huh. And it plays out from one lifetime to another to another because you're trying to get this, uh-huh. trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And you don't get it in one lifetime and you have the same thing happen again uh, and again. So you have a collection of lifetimes in which you have been murdered by somebody you trust uh-huh. or betrayed by someone you trust uh-huh. and you're, you know, your life destroyed or you have... Um, not dealt with your emotions and therefore you drowned or you uh you see what i'm saying i do so you remember one of those past lives and that's not enough to clear it up it may change it a little bit Mm -hmm. but until you um well either get to the seed lifetime Uh uh-huh the one where it all started Uh uh-huh or you heal several and sometimes you still have to heal several lifetimes. You have to heal them by knowing about them. Uh-huh. Just knowing about them starts the healing process. Right. And it may happen, boom, instantaneously. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. It may take months for you to integrate it because, truthfully, if you got everything you needed to get from that past life reading, right. but I see four to six lifetimes usually mm-hmm. for an individual in a reading. Mm-hmm. If you got it all instantaneously, you would be so overwhelmed, you'd be sorry you ever heard my name. Right, right, yeah. So, some of it you'll get, aha, the first moment you hear it. Some of it you'll get in a dream, and you'll just integrate it. Some of it you'll be driving down the street, and you have to pull Mm -hmm. over because you're just so, oh, my God, that's what that meant. Wow. Because you have a realization, and that's part of the integration process. Right. Or maybe you're washing dishes. So it could be you've never gotten to the seed lifetime or that you have several lifetimes with that particular issue that you need to know about before you can really clear it. Right, right. Um, A good example of that is in the back of my book. There's a chapter. There's a series of past life readings for one woman. Uh Uh-huh. And, she and tell had, us about that book, sorry, because I don't think we mentioned the book yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on Amazon and Kindle, and it's called Akashic Records, Case Studies of Past Lives. And you can just Google my name, Lois Wetzel, and you'll see both of the books that I've written. And, you know, I've got a couple more I'm going to upload in the next year or so. Thanks. Um. So, and the... In the beginning, I talk about how I got here to be doing this, and then I talk about some of the energy medicine sessions where past life readings have just past lives have just popped in, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and how that's affected people, and then the individual case studies uh-huh. with you know people's names changed to protect the innocent, uh-huh. as well as the guilty, uh-huh. <laughs> and um, how knowing about the past lives affected them, or in some cases I never heard from them again, but I'm still telling their stories because they gave me permission to do that as long as I changed their names. And uh, so, but the last chapter is a series of past lives for one person. And she had a certain issue that we just kept working on, and it kept gradually getting better. So I can't say for sure for you which it is. Maybe you just need to know the seed lifetime. Right. 
Yep. And let me also say, lives don't occur in linear fashion. From the viewpoint of the soul or the oversoul or whatever you want to call it, they're all happening at the same time. There is no linear time. Linear time is an illusion we have because we're on a spinning planet. Yes. So if you clear up issues in this lifetime, say you get a past life reading or regression, and you clear up an issue, you don't just heal this lifetime, you heal all your other lifetimes of that issue, or at least a part of it. Exactly. and They're all, interconnected, and they affect each other. Right, and and affect everything. Mm-hmm. You're and, history, right? Right, right, and especially, this is the way I look at it, because I don't know how I affect somebody, you know what I mean, in Africa, but I have known that when I heal, my family heals. Absolutely. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. So I know I kind of am going a little backwards, but this is... That's okay. And Go this wherever is, you like. Yeah, this is going to be <laughs> our last little piece here, and then we'll end up the show. But the Akashic Records, which I know has a different... Per, per, you say it a little different than I do, and that's cool. But in case people are like, "What the heck?" You know, I forgot to tell. I forgot to ask you to explain what they are. <laughs> so Ooh. yeah. Okay. So do you can do that in a couple minutes, right? Sure. Yeah. Akashic records or Akashic records, however you want to pronounce it, they're both correct. I think. Mm-hmm. Are it's like a vast library of every lifetime anyone on the planet has ever had, or will have. But looking into the future is a little tricky because it's not cast in stone yet from the perspective of where we are now. So I don't look at those unless they force themselves upon me. Mm -hmm. I look at past lives. And at least I think that's what I'm looking at. You know, I see some that are so far in the past that it looks like science fiction. Uh You know, we have been on the planet for 500,000 years, Uh beings have. Uh And... um, so it's the record, and to me it looks like a giant nebula in outer space, but different people see different things. Some people see a giant library, and they go look for the one that's got your name on it, mm-hmm, the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is the record of all the lifetimes anyone has ever had on the planet. Well, and, that... and the Jews call it the Book of Life, and that there's a recording angel that writes down what you did that year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Interesting. And the idea of, is it, I've heard people, I think this is up for debate, right? So I'm just curious, your perspective. Mm -hmm. The idea that the record holds, like, when we'll be born and when we'll die. Have you heard that? Um, Well, no, I haven't. And here's what I want to say about when we'll die. There are many possible checkout points along the way. Uh-huh. If your lifetime is not proceeding the way your soul or higher self thinks that it should, there are points at which you might be killed in a car wreck, but if your soul thinks you're doing fine and you're going to get the lesson, you'll just get hurt in the car wreck or you'll have a near miss. Right. These are called checkout points. At least that's what the guardians have told me to call them. Uh-huh. Possible checkout points um, where your soul would decide to take you out. Because either you can't handle what's coming or you're not proceeding at all as planned. Right, right. And um, that's to protect the soul from 
trauma. Yeah. Well, no, that makes sense to me. And um, because that's my wherever I can't even I can't state the source, right? Because I listen to so many things, I read so many things. Yeah, it's hard to remember but, where yeah, I heard but, it. But I did. I have heard that sort of that I that quote unquote debate about destiny, fate. What do those two words mean? All that kind of thing, and the Akashic records and how it all intertwines. And I always think, but what about? Um, human will, free will, what about, right? So <laughs> the soul's journey, uh, our evolution, so to speak, and all the different choices that we make along the way, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense to me. So again, I want to remind everybody to visit Lois online at Hot pink lotus l-o-t-u-s dot com and check out all her offerings and i want to thank you so much for taking time um in your time of rejuvenation to speak with us thanks lois you are very welcome and thank you for having me i appreciate it so check back i have let's see um my body spirit you the way we work is <laughs> I'm just speaking to the listeners now. Is every week different? Um, I interview people. We do sort of like a teaching series where we'll talk about a big topic like forgiveness, karma, etc. And that I do with Aleka Thorvalson, who is one of my partners at MindBodySpiritU.com. Uh, we have a monthly channel on the last Monday of every month. And we also do um, a healing call with three different people on the call. Well, I say call, but it's the show. But you can call in and give us an issue and see what we can do to help you work through that. So please follow us here on Blog Talk Radio. And thanks again.